The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Initiative Moon Knight. Welcome to the Avengers Initiative Moon Knight, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. PoppyChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, April 14th, 2022, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in depth discussion on Disney Plus's Moon Knight. Please welcome my co hosts, Vinny Hatcher. Hello. And Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 3, which was titled The Friendly Type and debuted April 13th, 2022 via Disney+. Plus. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. With Mark in the forefront and Harrow ahead, Mark and Layla navigate Cairo for Intel. So, all right, we've got a lot of stuff to discuss because there were some major things that happened in this episode and some interesting revelations. But the first thing that I want to talk about is the relationship between Mark and Steven in this episode. Because Mark got a little dose of what Steven went through in the pilot, and there was also... An interesting line from Steven. So this time around, Mark was in control, and he would black out, and all of a sudden he'd have to sort of try to understand what happened around him, much like we saw with Steven a couple episodes ago. But there were moments when Steven said it wasn't him that did the stuff. So the other big question, outside of just what did we think of their dynamic, do we think another personality was in control? And if so, are we excited to see who that person could be? Priscilla? I knew there was going to be three personalities because, like, after researching about Moon Knight, like, the first episode, like, they were like, there's three personalities to this person. Jake, Mark, and um, the original personality, Steven. So I was like, okay. I'm waiting for Jake to come out. And it seems like in this episode, we're getting a taste of him. Although I do wonder what they're going to do with the character, because based off of what we've seen thus far, the Jake character from the comics, as at least um, would be the right word, um, profession wise, seems to be Steven. Because Steven is kind of like the man on the street Jake in the comics is kind of like the man on the street. He's a taxi driver and that sort of thing. Stephen Grant is like the billionaire playboy type of person. Um, So I wonder if they're going to change Jake's personality, if that is who it is, and uh, if that is who we end up meeting at some point. What did you think of Mark, you know, experiencing what Stephen did a couple episodes ago? 
don't particularly like this episode of, of in Mark's perspective. I thought it was more boring and more like wrote at Marvel, like tough guy trying to do his best to save the world. Like, I don't know. Like I, I wasn't particularly a fan of seeing things from Mark's perspective. I prefer Steven's perspective, so which is why I liked the part at the end of the episode a lot more. Okay. All right. She didn't answer the question. So I'll move over to Vindy. <laughs> we do get things, as Priscilla said, from Mark's perspective in this episode. So we got the switcheroo with you know the blackouts. And Priscilla is sure that we're going to get a third personality. Do you think that we experience the third personality without seeing the third personality? And uh, what do you think of the overall dynamic between Mark and Steven with Mark in control? I think there's definitely going to be a third personality. It's the only justifiable, or not justifiable, but the only thing that explains why both of them have no idea. What happened is that there's another compartmentalized personality that neither of them are aware of. Um, I, I will be curious to see if it's the Jake character and how they handle that, or if it's going to be something new. Um, as far as the dynamic between Mark and Stephen, I'm going to actually quote one of my boyfriends on this and say, I am over the struggle for the body. Like, it was interesting in the first two episodes but now the third we're halfway through this first season and it's like it's old hat for me like the struggle to go back and forth and who has the body and who doesn't is starting to sound like two children fighting over a toy and i know that's probably how it's intended to be but i feel like too much time is getting spent on it and i do agree with priscilla like i don't feel that we needed an entire episode mostly from mark's perspective because mark has the personality of a dead salmon like to me he doesn't really have much going for him and he's I don't want to say one note, but he's not as multifaceted as Steven is. Steven is kind of a fascinating character who, in the first episode, annoyed the ever-living shit out of me because he was basically a welcome mat saying, walk on me. But then in the second episode, we got him starting to fight for what he believes in and stand up. So we had this developmental arc. In this episode, it's just like Steven got shoved in the back burner and we're given Mark. And if Mark was supposed to be this big, super awesome character, he didn't come across that. He came across as a hyper-masculine super douche to me, and I didn't care for the interactions between him and Layla either, which we can talk about separately. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm kind of over the fighting over the body, and I, I kind of want to see that that go somewhere else, like an understanding, and maybe we're kind of heading there after what happened in this episode, but it's not doing it for me, and it's kind of getting annoying. I don't disagree with you on that. I think it's difficult for them to make such a huge leap when this is something that's so yeah. brand new for these characters. So, like, not that much time has passed since we were introduced to Steven and since he realized that Mark exists and since Mark realized that the line, the wall that he had built up between himself and Steven had uh, collapsed. So I get what you're saying, and I will not disagree that it is a bit much. You would think that by now, and after getting into so many situations with Mark, where Stephen yeah. has witnessed that Mark can get them out of sticky situations, and also that Mark knows that Stephen you know, knows stuff that can help him out mm -hmm. in sticky situations, that they should be able to work together. Unfortunately, I feel like it's way as, – as annoying as it is – it's way too soon for them to be sort of copacetic with each other. They mm. have to both get the character development to get to the point to where they trust each other. And right now, they don't really like each other, 
and they certainly don't trust each other. Because Marx doesn't believe, and maybe it's Khonshu just talking a lot of shit, as Khonshu tends to do. But Khonshu's like, oh, he's never going to get the body back. Oh, are you sure you can trust him? So I think Khonshu's yeah. machinations are part of that as well. I didn't mind Mark. Uh, I was curious to see what Mark was like in sort of like his full glory. Uh, I mean, he just seems like a dude that has a lot of weight on his shoulders and and clearly a lot of secrets that he can't share with people. And uh, he feels the weight of the world on him. That's sort of what I got from him. Jake Lockley, the Jake Lockley of it all. Uh, I'm interested to seeing this a series is interpretation of him because clearly uh, uh Stephen grant was not a gift shop employee in the comics jake lockley will probably not be a cabbie in this series so seeing how he fits in if he's even more violent or something than mark that's going to be fascinating yeah, uh, so bring on Jake, and I think it's probably an appropriate time to bring him on because we've gotten used to Mark and Steven for the most part. So adding in a third personality might be kind of interesting as well. I also did like the concern that Mark had for himself in this episode. It's kind of jumping a little bit ahead of where we are right now. But Mark's concern for himself was interesting. I don't know how they're going to deal with the issue of mental health before this series ends. But the fact that Mark is sort of worried about himself, that he's realized whatever wall he had built up has crumbled, that you know he's realizing Stephen's kind of his own person, all of that's fascinating to me. So um uh, how they're going to handle that in three episodes, I feel like they probably can't. So that's why my hope is that we can see Mark again at some point. Maybe the last scene in the series is him going to see um, who's a famous doctor in the MCU. Um, would uh, Mr. Banner, is he that kind of doctor? Maybe not. Um, no, I think he w- wasn't he more of like physics. Yeah, he's got like three degrees. So yeah, so it wouldn't be Mr. Banner or Dr. Banner, but it's somebody. I feel like he needs to go see somebody to have a full-on conversation. Dr. Strange. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he's got a license for something. License to kill. Now, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up happening with him in a certain movie that comes out soon. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I I want Mark to get some help. Like, I don't know anything about the character from the comics outside of just a little bit that I read just because I tried not to read too much to spoil myself in the series, even though they on occasion go in a very different direction. But uh, I I do hope in the comics he's able to sort of control everything because it might be nice to see that character uh, once, you know, this journey, at least from the series, is over. So since we talked about her, or she was mentioned, let's talk about Layla, because we did get a lot of brand new information about Layla before we get into her relationship with Mark. So because we're going to talk first about Layla as a person, I'll ask Priscilla first, because usually I try to alternate. But Priscilla, I'll start off with you. At the start of the series, we got some interesting information about Layla clearly is hinting to the fact that Layla is a particular character from the comics, 
which which does hint at some other information that was not divulged later on. Did you like having that little bit of narrative thread from the comics included with Layla? I know you were a little hesitant with her last time, but did you warm up just a tad to Layla under the Egyptian sun? Yeah, I did. I I liked her more now, but I just I feel like they didn't do a chemistry test or something with her and with Oscar Isaac because like I'm supposed to believe that they love each other and she's pouring out the love in this one and and Oscar Isaac is just kind of like you're just an acquaintance to me or something. I don't know if if that's how he's acting it, but it's just, it's weird. It's it doesn't really mesh well to me as in terms of that. And I'm remembering the boat scene where they're walk where they're um talking about their their marriage and um because they're remembering it from the cry that they heard and none of them seemed like they were reminiscing about something fond it was it was weird i i really don't understand the direction that they're going with these characters but i did appreciate her in, in the fight scenes that we saw with the security guard with the golden um knives that she pulled out from her necklace that was aces i so jot me down as a little bit more positive towards her but not positive towards the relationship okay well let's talk about the relationship because as priscilla mentioned we did get some more of that so Vinny, uh you wanted to discuss it i don't know if priscilla stole the words from your mouth but uh, <laughs> what did you think of uh, layla and mark together their relationship and also, Layla and Steven together. I'm kind of in the same boat as Priscilla as far as there is zero chemistry between Isaacs and Layla. Like, the, the actors do not have chemistry, in my opinion. Their, their scenes together, just, they don't have that je ne sais quoi that you would, like, be attracted to and engage. Like, when... There were multiple times during this episode that I found myself looking at my phone and not at the show. And I, looking back, a lot of it was when they were interacting alone. Um, I just don't buy that they're husband and wife. I also have an issue with how last week they had, like, no interaction. She'd been looking for him forever. She found Steven. She was starting to understand that Steven really is an alternate persona or whatever. She got, like, two seconds with Mark in the suit, taking over the body at the end, and then... In this episode, she just shows up in Cairo behind him on the street, and its I felt like we missed something. It felt like there was a scene where they had some kind of mini-conversation that we were not privy to. It was very jarring for me how they just kind of picked up as if they'd had a bigger conversation recently that we missed. Um, I'm a little bit more inclined to her. I agree the combat was great. I did enjoy the scenes where she was fighting. We got to see a little bit more of that from her. I'm still not overly thrilled with the performance of the actress. I do still find her fairly wooden. She let loose a little bit. There were a couple of times in the episode where she smiled or, you know, she wasn't as stiff. But I still I still don't care for the performance over much. Um, I don't know. I don't buy them as husband and wife. I don't get that vibe from them at all. I almost feel like Layla likes Steven more than she likes Mark. And we kind of talked about how Steven in the mind, the source mind or whatever, is the creation of a desire to please Layla, perhaps. That's clearly working. Um, Layla with Steven, we haven't gotten too, too much since last week. This week we got a little. Um, 
I do kind of enjoy those personalities together, but I still find her stiff. Um, I don't know. It, it's I'm not invested in these two, whether it's Mark and Steven with Layla or vice versa. Um, it, it just doesn't really do it for me. It kind of rings false. That's interesting. Uh, I don't mind them together. Like, they seem like a distant couple, and that works for me. And uh, Mark doesn't want to get close to her because of, once again, Khonshu and Khonshu's machinations. I mean, every time he, like, looks at Layla, Khonshu's in the background reminding him, ha, 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 I'm going to pick her. So, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't see it the way both of you see it. it. But I do see what Vinny said. I think she really likes Steven. Her eyes light up in a very different way than when she's with Mark. And it, there does seem to be, you know, caring there from Layla to Mark. But, you know, the fact that she keeps on finding brand new stuff about him, that he doesn't trust her with stuff that a married couple should know about each other. Uh, I think she's falling for Steven in a strange way, which is fascinating because he's just a personality in a person. So it's it's a little, I don't know, it's strange that she's fallen for him, but stranger things have happened in the MCU, I will say. So, okay, so as I mentioned, clearly they are setting up a bit of a parallel with Layla with a character from the comics. The background information, the brand new background information that we got from her is about something that happened about a decade ago when her father died. Her father was an archaeologist. We all know about something that happened in the past with Mark. He killed a whole bunch of archaeologists. And then later on in the episode, exactly, later on in the episode, Harrow is like, oh, you know, isn't it kind of strange? And this, that, and the other. And wouldn't she like to know? And shouldn't she know? And Mark, why haven't you told her? And then we had this whole conversation with Layla and Mark where she's like, what was he talking about? And Mark, yes, he was being honest. You know, oh, he was just saying stuff to split us up. But he was saying some real stuff to split us up. Uh, I don't know. Part of me is like, he should have told her. Maybe that wasn't the right time because they are dealing with a whole bunch of other stuff that they have to save the world from. But clearly, are we all on the same page? Mark killed her father. Yes? Eh, Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think he was there. I think he was involved. I don't know if he actually did it, but he might have been part of the party that did it. Okay. Oh, so you're going with the comics theory that like it was the his arch nemesis that 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 killed him, but he was in the sidelines. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it would be interesting if they actually made it that Mark did do the the deed, but. The way that the character acted when that was being said, it didn't so much look like he was guilty of murder as I kind of interpreted it as there's more to the story here. And Harrow knows there's more to the story, but he's giving enough just to make Mark look guilty and that we're going to 
whether it's this season or not, we're going to find out that maybe he was involved, but I don't think he actually killed the man himself. Oh, I 100% believe we're going to find out before the end of the series. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's a secret that's coming out it within yeah. the next three episodes. 100%. I mean, we can't just, like, go straight to the tomb. They have to, like, dig it out and stuff like that. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to get other stuff in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, either he did it or he's involved. My hope is that he did it just because I feel like there's much more drama. And it's very strange <laughs> that he all of a sudden, did he seek her out? Did he fall in love with her knowing the secret? Like, I'm I'm so confused by all that. Like, I have no idea how that story happened in the comics. So seeing it play out, even if it's just through some exposition, I want to know how the hell that happened because that is some... That's some fucked up shit. Like, <laughs> you're the woman whose father either I witnessed die or I killed, and now I'm in love with you, and we're married, but you don't know the truth. I mean, that's some, that's some daytime soap opera shit. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. All right, moving right along. Speaking of a lot, Moon Knight becomes American Gods. In a spectacular sort of way, we see the Ennead in full effect this episode. Khonshu uh, ends up calling a meeting with the other gods to talk about Harrow. And we meet the gods' uh, avatars, which was fascinating. Um, I'll make a little note here. The Ennead, for those that are list, that listen, there is a real-world Ennead, and there's also a Marvel Ennead. So um, some of the gods don't line up in the real-world one versus the Marvel one. So just want to put that out there. What did we think of the meeting of uh, the godlike minds, Vinny? Eh. <laughs> this is where my my um you know what judge is going to come out. I was disappointed. I, I was very disappointed. Um, we've gotten to see Kanchu running around, and it, I get the impression that only the avatars can see the god to whom they serve, which I get. But I thought this would have been a great opportunity for them to introduce us to the other gods manifesting themselves alongside their avatars, just like Kanchu is there. You know, and we see him walking around and talking to Mark and Stephen. I expected that we were going to see the gods themselves in their actual forms, even if it was only their avatars could see them. But instead, we just got a really brief silvery eye movement or moment, and then they were the avatars were the voice of the gods, and I was very disappointed. Um, it was meant to be a very impactful scene, and I feel like they dropped the ball. I really didn't a care for any i liked the one chick that talked to mark when he first got there um the music and and arts goddess she was kind of cool i did like her but i felt like it was a really big missed opportunity for them because this was supposed to be a big thing we're getting gods in the mcu and this was their introduction and we get I think it was Osiris in a business suit. He looks like my, you know, an accountant, <laughs> you know, and then one looks like an art teacher and one looks like a hippie. It just, it didn't resonate with me. Um, that aside, 
what actually took place was fairly predictable. Um, the moment that they mentioned, oh, we're going to call the gods. Well, if the gods believe them, that would be too easy. That would be, you know, not the right way. There, there needs to be a struggle. We've got three more episodes to go. So I found it fairly predictable that the gods were going to get pissed off at Khonshu and Hera was going to pull his, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Meanwhile, these gods are stupid. They're stupid, yo. Like, this guy is like a snake. He is very clearly up to something. Even when he was talking to them, I was just walking in the sand, if that's a crime. I, even the way he said it made my skin crawl. So I'll give kudos to Ethan Hawke, you know, but it's just like these gods are stupid. And the fact that they didn't believe, they believed Harrow over him, I, I do buy the fact that they did was because he was like, oh yeah, this man is sick. And this man is, we don't know who he is, I've seen him. So that part I didn't, I wasn't disappointed with because that was a good way to kind of convince the gods that nothing was wrong. But my other thing is the Egyptian gods were powerful. They're supposed to be powerful. And we've never heard anything in the series so far that their power is intrinsically based upon the strength of their followers' beliefs in them. You know, kind of like in American Gods, I think they touched on that, that like if a god loses their following, their power diminishes. I don't think they've touched on that in this, so I'm under the impression the gods are just as powerful as they ever were. They just decided to go to a different realm. Well, if they're that powerful and they have avatars that are observing, their avatars are – they need to be fired because they're not doing a very good job observing. They, they haven't observed the fact that like Harrow's been everywhere that Stephen or Mark has been, and there's been a conflict, and they haven't thought to look further into that. Like This was a big loophole for me, and it, it, it didn't – it didn't add anything to me. It seemed very, very disappointing. The only thing that I can sort of explain away why they believed Harrow versus Khonshu is their sort of disgust and disdain for Khonshu. I mean, he's yeah. basically, you know, like, you can't sit with us is is how they are with Khonshu. Like, he does not wear pink on Wednesdays, to throw in another Mean Girls reference. <laughs> Like, you know, he's trying to make Fetch happen, but it ain't working. Conchu, played by Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so that's why I could buy them believing Harrow. Although I do agree with you. Even though what they explained that the gods have taken basically a, a passive role in the world, they they don't really care about what the humans are doing and that sort of thing so that's why you know they are off in the what do they call it the overvoid over realm or overvoid yeah there you go so that's why they're there you know they don't really deal with what the humans are doing it seemed like Conchu is the only one that likes to meddle with what the humans are doing the fact though that Conchu is so disgusted by them being disgusted with him that he couldn't really form a proper statement to express what was going down. I mean, they were just outbursts, like of a toddler, which yeah. kind of makes sense because at the end of the day, they're the cool kids. He wants to sit with them. They're having it. So he's, he's, he's pissed off at them. But you would have thought that he would have had a better game plan. I mean, he talks hella calm when he's speaking to Mark. He should have spoken in that way to convey what was going down with Harrow. Although, once again, much to what you're saying, uh, Vinny, 
at the end of the day, it is just episode three. It's not like they can stop Harrow at the moment. And I thought they did also an okay job explaining why we don't see the gods there. It's just the avatars, and the avatars will speak through them. I mean, even Kanji sort of was like, when Mark was, aren't you going? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. You'll see. And so they explained that away. Would I have liked to have seen some of the other gods? Yes. Do I think we will? I kind of do, especially if the omit of it all ends up slithering. Well, crocodiles don't slither, do they? But um, they do. Okay, she scampers and slithers, slithers, scampers and slithers into the screen. Then, um, yeah, I hope we get to see more of the gods. Now, see, omit is the very reason why this scene fell flat for me. Because if I may counterpoint to their disgust with Kanchu overpowering their willingness to believe him, if the mythology serves, they imprisoned Amit because she was a badass mofo, and they were scared of her, right? So if she's so bad, it wouldn't – if I was in their shoes, it wouldn't matter if it was my arch nemesis coming to me and telling me that someone is trying to set this person that you hate even more than me – free to unleash her fury upon this world, especially because they were the ones that imprisoned her, I would be shitting my pants, right, at the prospect, because it would mean that even if I knew I could succeed in imprisoning her again, I'd have to fight her again. But they just shook it off, and maybe that could be their arrogance, but that was, for me, what what didn't work, was that if they thought to imprison her in the first place because of how power-hungry she was, then they should have at least been a little bit more willing to get past their disgust with Khonshu and ask more questions. But Harrow was able to so easily turn it around, and it could still go back to their disgusting. But for me, my disgust with someone would be overpowered by a big threat, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, I think Khonshu's presentation was horrible. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't! Yeah, I know, right? Priscilla, I want to bring I... you into the conversation. Talk to me about the gods, the meeting, um, everything that we've been discussing. Harrow, the harrow of it all. I loved the meaning of the gods. I thought it I thought it made sense because I completely agree with you. They're disgusted with Kanchu. But on the other hand also, they feel like um oh, I forgot his name. It's Steve um the the guy that that the the cult leader they Harrow, feel like he, they feel like he's um the wronged party here that he's been one of the avatars of Kanchu and thus he suffered under him and when Kanchu comes and is like well I have a new avatar now and this avatar is planning something they're like well no you're probably just angry at your old avatar like you're you're just taking it out because we don't believe in you because we think that you're a petty god and he just proved it by punching him or by trying to punch him so like it all of that made sense no to i would me. have punched him too and i'm a non-violent person <laughs> yep but he just didn't keep his cool and it's tr- it's because like harold said before he 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 throws tantrums. He's a toddler. He 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 has he hasn't gotten away from that chip in his shoulder that's come from the fact that he, that he's been banished by the gods. And 
somehow I think this ship is going to get even worse considering now he's been entombed by the gods. So, yeah. I, but I also, I loved Hathor and I loved the series, the, the, the two actors that played them. And is it, is it just me or was the African-American actress, was she playing Bast? Or was she playing Isis? I think she was playing Isis. Yes. Oh, darn. I wanted her to be Bast because then I could have been like, mm-hmm. maybe some Wakanda connotations there. Yeah, but you would also think that for Wakanda, the Avatar would probably be the Black Panther. That's true. And we're not ready to find right. out who that is. Mm. Or are we? Yeah. That's a whole other situation for a very different day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But still, n- mm-hmm. other connotations for Marvel to get Moon Knight into the whole swing of things with the movies. That'd be nice. Oh, yes. 100%. I agree with you on that. Oh, Harrow. We've got more to discuss with you in a little bit. Harrow just popped up everywhere in this episode. And you would think if he had the scarab and he was telling all these people to dig, you would have thought that he wouldn't need to follow Mark and Layla, right? Right? So that means I don't think he has everything he needs. At all. And maybe it's just me in the year 2022, in my point of view. But having that white man leading all those people is just, you know. (laughs) That's all I will say. I'm picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, all right. Yes him he's the leader of the egyptians apparently anywho (laughs) but ethan hawk is playing the fuck out of it but still all right moving right along moving right along okay so let's talk about anton mogart a gentleman who is a collector of sorts an acquaintance of Layla. And uh, in the comics, he is Midnight Man. Um, we should mention that the actor, Gaspar uh, Uliel, I hope I pronounced that right, uh, tragically mm-hmm. died shortly after wrapping work on the series. He actually got, uh, you know, an um, in memory of uh, credits. Um, at the end of uh, the episode, which I thought was really nice. Uh, what did we think of this entire sequence? Uh, Steven had to come out. Mark wasn't ready for him to pop out. And uh, we had an interesting, I would say, brutal as fuck fight sequence from both the Moon Knight and the Layla. I mean, for Disney Plus standards, that was intense. I mean, there was like the impolation right. of the situation. It was a lot. Priscilla, you love blood and guts and gore. Talk to me about this. Man, the fight scenes are aces. Both this one and we didn't talk about it, but the one in the in the beginning of the episode, when the kid died, I was like, Oh, yes. Did you notice that Mark did not want to hurt the kid? 
He slapped him. He slapped him versus punching him the fuck out, which I thought, okay, he's going kid gloves with the kid because he doesn't want to hurt the kid. But then the kid was like, fuck it. Praise Amit. And then Conchu's bitch ass was like, I didn't think he was going to do it. Yeah, Conchu's such a jerk. He doesn't care about human life at all. He's like, well, spilled eggs. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the impalation of the situation. Did that hurt you? Just looking at it? I figured that was going to happen as soon as I saw, like, the, the scene with the horses and, like, the spears. I was like, they're going to do something with those spears. They can't just have them there for decoration. And when I saw not, not one, not two, but, like, four spears go through Moon Knight, I was like, damn, I really hope that cape helps because, shit, you're shish kebobbed right about now. It, it was cool. And the way he got out of it was just epic. I... And again, reiterating what I said before, Layla was no shirking like flower. Like she took her 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 punches and she shot them right back with the with with the daggers that came out of the necklace. So all of all of the fight scene this this time around was epic. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was um, Gaspar Liel coming with the with the horse and the and the spear at the very end i was like oh man that's 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 corny as hell yeah well there you go props to like the costume people because those daggers in the necklace was everything like i didn't expect that and it was spectacular yeah fan freaking tastic uh yeah uh, okay benny you've been mm-hmm You've been a little negative. I don't want to say it too loud because I don't want the Moon Knight to hear you. <laughs> but did you enjoy the fight sequences? Did you enjoy the pincushion of it all? I did. This was like the one part of the episode that I actually enjoyed, which is really funny because this was also one part of the episode that I thought was absolutely unnecessary when it started because I was like, who the hell is this guy? Why are we me? Oh, okay, sarcophagus. Okay, it's got it. It's the Midnight it. Man. Yeah, like once now that I know that he's Midnight Man, I feel a little bit better about it being included because I felt like it was a deter- uh, determent from like the way the episode was going. It was a very Game of Thrones style scene like it reminded me of game of thrones um i mean seeing somebody impaled with swords like that is something that we would normally see so they're up in their maturity level for sure so that was an interesting little tidbit that i saw like yeah they are definitely like they're not shying away from the adult aspect which is great and that's going to increase you know their capability in doing some of these shows but no this scene and this whole set of scenes was really well executed the the cinematography was wonderful i loved you know, the very end when um, Gaspard's character, like, got hit with the dagger on the necklace or whatever. or Oh, the Moon Knight. Uh, boomerang knife ninja star, whatever it was. Oh, Crescent yes. Moon. I love those boomerangs. Yes. Like, that was awesome when you just heard him grunt, but we don't see if he dies. Um, the fight on both of the actors' parts were real. Actually, all three of the major players in this scene were great. I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't think that I was going to because they didn't. Leading up to it, I was like, is this really necessary? Why are we here? This is like wasting time that we could be advancing the story. And even though it didn't necessarily advance the story, it did give us some insight into Layla's past. 
because mm-hmm. something happened between her and this man, and we don't know what it was. Clearly, there was some kind of romantic entanglement because the way he touched her in front of her husband and the way he, like, had to tie up his robe and deliberately delay shaking Mark's hand told mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so he had that, his bosom in her face. He did. His bosoms were like, hello. Uh, yeah, I I actually did enjoy this scene. I laughed a couple of times because it it was a little comical almost, but not in a bad way. Like it was it was really well done. It kind of served me a little bit of like old school Batman and Robin on TV with the pow and bam. I love that, you know. But it wasn't done in a way that it. When I say comical, it wasn't done badly. It was enjoyable, and the way that they were bouncing between victims and like bouncing between getting attacked and attacking, like it was very high paced. It was very enjoyable. So this was one part that I I really did enjoy. I will just say that um, Harrow, once again, the Harrow of it all, sauntering in like the crocodile lady, you know, all of a sudden he's on this fucking island. Like, I'm just, what the hell are you doing there, man? Like, what, what is going on with you? And what don't you have? Because I thought that little scare was going to take you there. And you had all your little people digging. Mm-hmm. So clearly, once again, I just want to add extra emphasis clearly he doesn't have everything that he needs and clearly mark and layla do because she ends up stealing the um i don't even know what you would call that just the star chart the star chart but they're like fat it's fabric it's just you know pieces of fabric that make up a star chart that were on the that was on the sarcophagus so uh, they drive. Steven has to pop out to help. This is when we see little little Layla getting a little smitten with Stephen Grant. And he ends up crafting a star. It was like decoupage right in front of us. He crafted a star. And uh, through some godlike powers, Conchu rewinds the sky. Don't we all wish we could do that? He rewinds the, rewinds the sky to the night when Amit was buried because that constellation is from 2,000 years ago. And so he, he does it, but because of that, the gods realize that Kanchu is doing some stuff. So as his punishment, they put him in, in a stone. So, we're going to talk about Harrow in a moment. Let's talk about Conchu rewinding time. Cher tried to do it, but Conchu actually did it. Vinny? I loved it. The visuals of it all. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. And this was actually some character development for Conchu because he made a sacrifice for a character that has been fairly selfish so far and pig-headed. Like, this was a turn for him, I feel like. Because he knew he was going to get imprisoned, but he also knew the only way for them to be able to see the stars exactly as they were was foreshadowed earlier in the episode when the gods threatened that if you do it again, we will imprison you. So at that moment, it was an interesting development for Khonshu, Um and I really, really did like that he did that. Because I also think it's going to be necessary for Stephen and Mark to be able to learn to exist with each other. And for that to happen, Conchu not being there, I feel like is going to be a crucial aspect of that being a success. Mm-hmm. 
My big question is, does he still have the powers? Because it was Khonshu that was protecting him with the moon. No, he doesn't nope. have a cape. Because the suit went away. Okay, so there's that. The other thing that uh, I noticed, and I wonder if Priscilla noticed it as well, because uh, Vinny was the one that was re- referencing the fact that Conchu had a little bit of character development because he did something that was a bit of a self-sacrifice. He also said, Stephen, please tell Mark to free me. I think that's the first time he's ever called Stephen by his name. Right, Priscilla? Mm-hmm. Yep, he always calls him a worm. Mm-hmm. Or calls him less degrading, like more degrading things. Parasites. So I, the thing that I noticed was he acted kind of sad when he's like, I remember every night. So it made me think that the night that Amit got imprisoned was the night also that he got banished. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. I just think that he he sounded very he sounded almost human at that at that time. And the fact that that he's self sacrificing means that they're totally not going for the comic thing where he's just kind of like a parasite to Mark and wants his own means of like domination with the world and power back. Well, I think if they want this character, and this character being Moon Knight, to be successful, they probably can't go that route. Like, you can't have Khonshu consistently there, you know, berating both Mark and Steven. You know, I don't don't think that's entertaining, you know, after many, many years. So I think they're going to have to create... Some interesting symbiotic, you know, beneficial relationship between Conchu, Mark, Stephen, and the unnamed, most likely Jake, personality that we were sort of kind of but not really introduced to in this episode. You know, there has to be some sort of healthier relationship because at the end of the day, I think we need a healthier relationship for Mark and Steven. I don't think we can end this series without at least that bit of character development. You know, maybe we don't see them fully being all cool and having tea with each other and that type of shit. But at least by the end of episode six, we should have a better understanding of how that dynamic is going to work. You know, in the meantime in the be- and in the between time, because who knows when we're going to see Moon Knight again. We're all hopeful that we see Moon Knight again somewhere, you know, maybe on the big screen or another series. Uh, maybe that strange werewolf by night Halloween special that's supposed to be coming out at some point. But we hope to see Moon Knight again, uh, you know, interacting with some of the other MCU people. And I feel like they need to do some of the character work with that character on this series so that once we see him again, he's a better sort of master of his own power. And we can see him as a real superhero. At least that's my hope. But before we can get into any of that, we have Harrow gloating to a statue. In spectacular Harrow fashion i would say you know he's brought back to the sort of sacred room 
So, you know, oh, you were right, Taro. Khonshu, you know, it was this Khonshu. Khonshu was, was too far gone. And so he's now stone. And basically, Harrow's like, yeah, you know all that shit you put me through? It's made me the man who I am today. And I'm going to succeed because you were a POS to me. And yeah, there was that. Vinny, you're loving Harrow. Did you enjoy mm-hmm. seeing Harrow gloat? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's essential for any villain who gets what they want to gloat. And Ethan Hawke did it very well. In, in a very cult-like the... leader way. Yes. I mean, it wasn't like he even showed emotion. He was very no mellow yellow. It was that voice that like seems like it has a calming emotion, but really it's just completely sociopathic and lacking any true emotion or whatever. And it was really fucking creepy. You know, I half expected him. I don't know about you two, but I half expected him to try and break the statue when he had it in his hand. I thought I that too was... for a moment. Yeah, so I almost wondered if this was going to suddenly be like, oh god, oh shit, now Khonshu's destroyed. But no, he just gloated and walked away. And I think that was really speaking volumes about his character. His character was clearly tortured in his mind by Khonshu. Whether or not Khonshu actually did remains to be seen. But this character clearly has the perception that he was used and mistreated by Khonshu. So there's an element of vengeance that is spurring him. Now, I do wonder what he needs that he doesn't have, because I completely mm-hmm. agree with you, Jeff. It was very weird how the scarab, the scarab, the scarab of it all, and he gets the scarab, and it seemed like a really big turning point, and they were digging, but now all of a sudden he is not digging. He's following these two and showing up where they go. It's almost like the scarab may lead you to like maybe a certain point, but it doesn't lead you to exactly where the tomb is. Who knows? We'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. I do want to ask, because we are pretty much at the halfway point. We are three episodes in. There are three episodes left. This is the middle arc of this Disney Plus series. Do we have a bold prediction? Do we think Harrow's going to die? Yeah, I think so. I, I, just because, and this is kind of lame. Um, but... It's going to eat him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be all behind that. Be big bad. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like he's doing this because maybe Ahmed's able to whisper to him or something. We truly don't know what his relationship with her is. But I feel like once Ahmed gets out, he's going to quickly find out that what he thought was going to happen is entirely different than what she actually wants to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be crying. Crocodile tears. Ah, crocodile tears. You had to do that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I could have said crocodile rock, but, you know, maybe not. All right. Uh, Okay. Was there anything that I missed? A tiny little moment that anyone wants to chat about? I just thought of two things, but uh, I'll let you all go first if you have anything to say. Mm -mm. I like the scene where where they were making the papers for Layla. I thought... introducing her distant family was pretty nice and I thought that that was like the most connected she was with Mark is when she was complaining about him and being like but we love each other and this this that and the other like it's it it, it made sense to me I liked it and I and I like the fact that she ate the Turkish delight I thought that was cute 
Yes, although you hate Turkish delight. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. But I thought it was. I thought it looked. It looked appetizing. It, th- these things dis- distractingly look appetizing when they don't. I like Turkish delight. I take offense to that. I've had delicious Turkish delight with a little pistachio in the middle, and it was tasty. Uh, so I enjoyed seeing the Turkish delight as well. And I will say that this scene with Layla was it it was interesting because we got the backstory and we also got a bit of a taste although not a full-on taste of her life with mark like i don't know if we will see flashbacks to her life with mark and that sort of thing but hearing it was interesting like i liked that side of her and um you know it might be all that we get about you know these tales of their adventures and that sort of thing but the fact that you know we we got a little like another little glimpse of it i thought that was interesting as well Vinny, what about you i think you were about to say something the only thing that i really my only thought is i think i kind of touched on this in the second episode is i really wish we'd gotten eight episodes or just more than six because I think part of the problem is still with the pacing, too. The pacing was better than last week. Um, but it does still kind of feel like they're cramming a lot. And I really wish they would have had maybe two more episodes to give us some more time with the characters. Um, because it is very condensed. And I, I think that I probably would have enjoyed it more if we had more time with these characters. Because it's going along so fast, and like last week we had an increase in the pace, a lot of revelations. We had some more revelations this time, some action filler, you know, and some story development. But there's so much potential for this story in that universe, and I'm kind of disappointed that we are only getting six. I wish they had been able to negotiate or plan on doing eight, because I feel like even two more episodes might have given us a little bit more of things that might be happening in the middle that they didn't have time to shoot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think algorithmically, maybe they've figured out that six is like the magic number that, you know, big celebrities will agree to. Right. But I do agree that maybe an additional episode or two would have been nice because we did get a little bit of character development with Layla at the start of mm-hmm. the episode, and even when she was talking to Mark and then Stephen, she seemed to understand his DID in a greater way than she did yeah. in the previous episode. And maybe that was a little jarring because we didn't experience her sort of being enlightened. Coming to terms. Exactly. Yeah. Coming to terms. Because I thought the same thing. That. And I thought that was an interesting story beat that was so tiny, it was minuscule, that that unfortunately didn't get a chance to really develop before our eyes. It was like, she didn't really understand what was going on last week, and then all of a sudden this week, I understand, and I'm going to be supportive to you. Yeah, when she was like, why don't it. you let Steven out? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you. A little bit more time, I think, could have expanded that a bit uh, the couple things that i wanted to to mention actually now i'm gonna there's another thing so it'll be three things the first thing is the music the music was spectacular props to whomever selected you know the tracks from real artists but all of them were awesome the other thing is something that i forgot to mention last week and that's the previously on the little crescent moon 
when it says previously on uh, mm-hmm. at the start of the episode, showing us clips from the previous episode. I thought that was pretty brilliant. And the VFX for Khonshu. We saw Khonshu mostly in the dark in previous episodes. We saw him getting his tan on in Egypt. And, and he didn't look stupid. Yeah, he looked good. That was really good CGI. Uh, props to them. And also location, location, location. Not to sound like a realtor, but uh, just beautiful locations that they filmed in. And a little bit of everything. You know, the the desert, you know, the you know, sort of like the smaller villages, and then, you know, the, the large, you know, expansive cities that are in Egypt. Uh, I think a lot of people sort of, when they imagine Egypt, they think of just, you know, sort of like those merchant shops that we saw in the beginning, and they don't really think about, you know, like that massive, uh, you know, skyscrapery city that we saw when they were, uh, you know, on the boat headed to um, Mogart, headed yeah. to Mogart land. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now it's time for the MVP. The most valuable player, state which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, choose wisely. Let's start off with Priscilla. Who's your MVP and why? She only came out for a small part of the episode. I really liked her, and I thought that she was really cool. So, Hathor. Because I liked the... Should I say Hathor or should I say the Avatar of Hathor? Either way, both of them, like, she she showed, like, a lot of empathy for Mark, and she's the only one of the gods that actually, like, tried to believe in him and would point him out in the right direction. So I I liked the actress. I thought that she was, I thought that she was convincing. So, yeah. My guess is that she's going to be the one that ends up helping him later on. I would not be surprised, because we did get a lot more time with her than any of the other ones. So, yeah, I think you're on to something, Priscilla. Vinny, what about you? Who's your MVP and why? I'm going to go with Conchu. You know, voicing a character and not being a physical presence in the entity that that audio is going to end up in is something that a lot of people have a misconception that isn't that difficult. But it is very, very difficult because you're reading a script. You're not in the moment. You're not acting out the scene. You're just reading it out and having to act it vocally. So... F. Murray Abraham, we've already praised him up and down, but I, I think specifically in this episode, the way that Conchi was presented and the character development that we had with him, the dialogue, the insinuations that we got about his sadness and his past, I really, really enjoyed it. And it was, quite frankly, my most enjoyable part of the episode because it was a character that previously seemed like just an arrogant, stuck-up, full-of-himself god who started to unravel a little bit. <clears throat> And you got a feeling of the weight of the world, kind of like Atlas holding up the world, was on Khonshu's shoulders. And it really made me personally start to think about, like, all the millennia that he's been banished. You know, he doesn't have the the brotherhood and sisterhood with his fellow gods. He is more actively caring about the human race. And he may not make the best decisions, but clearly, in his mind, his perception of what he's doing, he is doing it for the greater good and he's doing it alone so the sadness and the emptiness and the loneliness it all really came to a head at the end of this episode and we got to see a different aspect of a character who is at the end of the day 
a computer-generated figure being voiced by an actor who did this in a recording studio and didn't necessarily have the luxury of being with the other actors. So I think it really, really speaks to the, the credit of that character and the actor on how amazing he was. So he gets my MVP. Wow. You repped hard for Khonshu. I like it. I did. Yes. Are, are you uh, his new avatar? I don't know. We haven't consummated it yet. Oh, kinker. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I feel like I should give it to Mark slash Steven. Because in my opinion, I feel like Oscar Isaac is doing a damn good job. But the character that stuck out to me that hasn't been mentioned is Harrow. Ethan fucking Hawk is just so damn good in this role. And I know I sort of picked on, you know, the white male privilege of it all <laughs> earlier, but he's playing the hell out of it. Like, just the creep factor. And it's not even like he's playing Harrow as, like, a frighteningly scary person. But just, like, every scene that he's in oozes creep for me. Like, everything. Like, the way he sort of, you know, with his pimp daddy cane saunters in. Like, everything about him is so damn creepy. It works for me. Like, I am enjoying him as a villain. I want to see him get eaten by the crocodile lady. Or bitten by Dracula. Um... Some people think we're going to see Dracula in the series. I feel like that's going to be the Mephisto of this series. But you don't tell the people on the internet. Yeah. Don't break. Don't hurt their feelings. But um, yeah, like I just I want to see him suffer a horrible death, mm-hmm. just because he's so good at being bad. He's the worst kind of villain. He's not outright nefarious. It's underneath it all. Yes, just like that's what No Doubt said many years ago. Indeed. Yes. All right, let's rate this episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 crescent moons? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden crescent moon. I'm a little scared, but we're going to rip the (laughs) band-aid off. As, as he squeals with devilish delights. Uh, I, I, I do not delight in rating this episode, I'll be honest. Oh. I really, really wanted to love this series. I like it. I loved the first episode. But once again, I find myself progressively losing interest in various areas of the storytelling. And there's a detachment between the main characters that I talked about that I really don't care for. I'm not as invested in them. Uh, I really do think the sixth episode thing is detracting from the potential that this show had because you're cramming so much. One of the things that I don't like is how many characters are getting introduced. It's only six episodes. And don't get me wrong. like I enjoyed Gaspard's character. I enjoyed the lady being introduced in the beginning. But there's an economy that needs to be taken, and I don't feel like they took it in all the areas that they could have. And there's conversations that we miss, like we just talked about. When did Layla get more information about the DID, and she's now not only okay with it, but encouraging Mark to give it up? You know, the whole thing with her and Mark, I mean, yeah, he was shocked to see her in Cairo, but he wasn't totally pissed off. So, And where's our girl Donna? Yeah, and where's my Donna? You know, I want Donna back. But I'm giving the episode a six. I I feel like it doesn't deserve a five or lower. 
I, the action sequence was great. There were some really great moments with Kanshu and Sahara was wonderful. But I do really feel like this show is kind of like a, a top spinning out of control when it comes to the pacing. And I think that it's still suffering from that first season illness of like trying to find its legs, trying to find the right balance of what it what story it wants to tell, what it wants to be. And I'm not I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I my expectations from the first episode have not been met again. And I feel like it's I don't want to say the quality because it is high quality. But for lack of a better term, the quality of these past two episodes, when you match them against the excellent pacing, the excellent storytelling, the introductions to the world that we got in the first one, they are – they just counter it. They, they, they don't continue it for me. It's not a bad story, but I don't think it's a story that knows what it wants to do. And I'm really hoping that in these last three episodes, it kind of picks the pace back up in the right method and the right pace and that we get a little bit of less away, because there have been some hokey moments, I'm not going to lie, um, a little bit away from the hokey and get a little bit more into the bigger picture the of... Yeah, the pokey. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of potential here, and I guess I just expected better from the first episode, and it just hasn't delivered for me. All right, listeners, if you've never listened to a podcast before with Vinny Hatcher, Vinny Hatcher's a picky bitch. But it's okay. I have taste. Oh, I, never said it was good. I never said it was good taste. Oh, okay. Well, there's that. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that was a six. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We're going to fatten you up with some Turkish delights between now and the next episode <laughs> to see if that sweetens you up. I don't like Turkish delight either. Oh, well, that breaks my heart. Can I tell you? So before I had Turkish Delight, I feel like I shared this story with Priscilla. This is when I found out that she hated Turkish Delight. You know, I learned about Turkish Delight. I feel like we all learned about it from... Land of the Wardrobe. Yes. I was yes. about to say, don't all say it at once, at once at the same time. All right. Yes, Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe. For whatever reason, I thought it was going to be like a chocolate type of confection. But it's not. It's like almost I, like I thought it was a meat dish when I was younger. <laughs> well, it's not a meat dish. That's why <laughs> you didn't like it because you had expectations, and then when they didn't meet them, right. you're just like, well, nope. I also don't like pistachio. I'm uh, not a big fan of hazelnut. Oh, yeah. Well, what you're hearing, listeners, is the sound of me being ejected from this podcast. No, we would never do that. <laughs> we might turn you to stone first. You and Priscilla are going to have to summon Madison and hold hands and, and turn me into a statue. She is a witchy woman, and she has a shawl. Yes. I'm hey, I saying. have one, too. I made it myself. Oh, oh yeah, you do. You crochet. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Priscilla, it is your turn. I feel like we can only go up from the six, but stay tuned, listeners. You never know. So... I kind of also felt the same way with Vinny about the pace, and I didn't like the scenes where they were um, where they were showing um, Layla and Mark as a couple. But I did like the fight scenes, and I did really like the the God Enclave, which Vinny didn't. So that boosts my score up a little bit. To um, I give it an eight. Last episode, I I still think this one's a weaker episode. But not as weak as a six. So I, I'd give it like a 
All right, we've got a 6, we've got 7.5. I will give it an 8. I, I thought it was a decent episode. I liked the action sequences. I liked the bit of character development that we got with, I would say, the majority of our main characters. The VFX I thought was really good. And uh, the sort of... Uh, resetting of the board game in front of us was really interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by what's to come. And, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll give it a solid eight. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Avengers Initiative, Moon Knight. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Avengers Initiative, Moon Knight, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Priscilla. Good moon night, listeners. Oh, that was adorable. Did you practice that all week? Yes. I knew it. <laughs> she was looking in the mirror, hoping for the other Priscilla on the other side to talk to her. Did she talk to you? It's not the other Priscilla. It's someone else. <gasps> <gasps> well, on that cliffhanger, Vinnie Hatcher. You know, I'm just going to go with a plain old good night, sleep tight, don't let the moon bugs bite. Oh, that was cute. He practiced that Thank all week, you. too. No, I literally couldn't think of anything. I just thought of that right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was nice. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to the Avengers Initiative Moon Knight via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Friday. You can also download the entire series by visiting com slash archives. Good night. Good moon night. So nice we had to say it twice. <laughs> Y'all Turkish delight haters. <laughs> <laughs>